Human Tech, a podcast about brain science, technology, and the intersection between how humans use technology and all kinds of fascinating things. Um, with me, as always, is Dr. Susan Weinshank. Hello. And I am Guthrie Weinshank. Now, this is the inaugural uh, podcast for Human Tech. And uh, before we get going today on our wonderful topic, which will be very interesting, it'll be the Internet of Things and um, how, you know, what's going to stick, what's not going to stick, and how uh, brain science kind of works with a lot of different aspects of the Internet of Things. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what this podcast is going to be, um, since this is the first podcast. So first, uh, Susan, why, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, I am a behavioral scientist, and I love all things brain and all things tech. And I've been uh, working in this intersection of people and brains and technology for longer than I care to admit. <laughs> yes. And uh, so my name is Guthrie, and I will be, um, I guess, uh, the one of the co-hosts here on Human Tech. Um, I do a lot of tech things. So I'll probably uh, be chirping in a lot more on the kind of uh, technology hardware side and the business aspect. So, so I'm the human and you're the tech. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I like. <laughs> you to know, be, I'd like to be a robot. So it's fine. You with me. would. Uh, yes. We will when we do our our uh, our episode on cyborgs. I'll have lots of fun things to say uh, about being a cyborg. I can't wait to become a cyborg. Really, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, we need to tell people though about why we have the both have the same last name. Okay. This is not just uh, serendipity. Like, I didn't just happen to find a podcast host that had the same name, last name as I do. So I wanted to tell, just let everyone know, this is going to be a, a tech brain science podcast by a mother and son duo. There you go. I think we're the only ones out there that, that can say that. That actually is, that actually might be true. I'm not entirely sure. That's, that's very possible. So, okay. So, uh, human tech. We, uh, we uh, um, work at the Team W, and the Team W focuses a lot on brain science and the interaction of science, uh, brain science and design, and um, a kind of human, uh, you know, comes from a long history of human interaction, um, that kind of fun stuff. So uh, we have a lot of interests that go beyond uh, just simple design, and obviously a lot of the principles and, and, uh, that, that we talk about and that we research um, have wide-ranging impacts and all sorts of cool uh, different uh, places. So we uh, we want to do a podcast to share some of these thoughts and to talk about um, what we think are very, very interesting topics. Uh, and along the way, uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, very fun uh, uh, guests that'll come on and uh, bring bring their kind of experts' opinions and their fun opinions to various things. And uh, we hope to cover some really fascinating topics, um, a lot of cutting edge stuff, and uh, some, some fun research. So um, anything else that you wanted to add to this uh, inaugural little opener? Um, no, I'll, I'll add things as we go along. Okay. Well, first, um, for those of you who are just starting with us, welcome. And uh, we hope to um, come out with a podcast once a week. So, uh, you know, keep keep an eye uh, peeled for that. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about all the different, uh, different nuances about subscribing and that stuff later. Um, our website quickly is just going to be humantech.theteamw.com. 
Um, but with that uh, introduction, which we normally won't do, we'll normally just get jump right into it, let's talk about our topic today, our inaugural topic, which is going to be the Internet of Things. Now, that is pretty vague, and there's a lot to do with that. Um, but specifically, we wanted to talk uh, about this because Susan was recently um, just down in uh, Austin, Texas. Were you not? I was. I went to South by Southwest, or or if you're really in, you have to say South by. Mm. That's what I discovered. People don't say South by Southwest. Yes. Just... So what what were you doing at South by Southwest? Well, I was giving a talk on uh, the uh, creating uh, persuasive products. I was on a panel, and you know I don't know if any of you listening have ever been to South by. Um, but it's really crazy there. I mean, there's just so many people and there's so many sessions at the same time. And Obama was there. Obama was there. Obama was not at my session. I wanted to. Uh, you should have should have left the uh, listeners in a sense of disbelief. No, no, I just wanted to <laughs> that. Obama did not attend my session. Um, but what one thing I always do when I'm down there is I go to the exhibit hall. This was, I think, my third time there at South by. And uh, the exhibit hall there is really, really interesting. And, you know, normally you go to, I don't know if you do this, but normally I go to conferences and the exhibit hall is just, is just boring. You know, it's just filled with software manufacturers and cloud app companies and it, just try, they want to sell you stuff. Depends and, what conference you're going to. So, I guess that's true. So, for example, I know uh, in Chicago sometimes they host the, the giant... Um, there, there are two interesting conferences, uh, three, I suppose. So the first, obviously, the car show, and there's cars, and that's fun. Uh, but there's also the industry show for people who make all the toys. Oh. Um, and so you, like the whole show floor is nothing but like brand new toys right, companies that companies are pushing. Be, that would be fun. And then there's the food manufacturer okay, show well, where they come out with like, all the cool candy. I'm going to the wrong conference. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to the right conference. Oh, I don't go to I'm those, to but oh, I just oh, I know you, of them. You've heard of them. Oh, okay. Yes. I want to go to those. Yes. Well, anyway, the the South South by uh, Exhibit Hall is fun. And it I don't know if it's I don't think it's always done this way, but this year at least it was um by like country or part of the world which is kind of strange. So there was like the South Korea section and the Brazil section. Uh, I, I found that a little disconcerting. But it it's always interesting because it, it tends to have in it kind of like the startups and the up-and-coming technology. It's like not necessarily the stable stuff. It's the what's coming down the pike stuff or what someone is hoping is coming down the pike. And so you get just like odd random things. Now I do I do want to say and if you listen to any other podcasts like, you know, I know or radio shows uh, marketplace for instance from uh, had had a they were there talking about virtual reality and a bunch of other newsy things talked about all the VR, virtual reality and yeah. augmented reality stuff that was there this year and it's true there was there was a lot of that um, we'll, we'll be doing and uh, probably multiple episodes on virtual reality and yeah. augmented reality um in the near future yeah yeah so there were there was a lot of that um but then there were these weird internet of things booths and and i mean they weren't labeled that way i'm labeling them that way uh and i want to talk about that because it brought up for me, and and I, I actually kind of have this 
possibly the same kind of complaint a little bit about virtual reality. <laughs> but um, it, it brought up for me the whole idea of why do we create some of this stuff and why do people think that other people would want to use it? You know, when we create technology, right, we tend to, when, it, when there's new technological capability, there seems to be this, um, uh, this time period when there are people and companies that are just playing with the technology and they come up with all these weird applications for it. But well, yeah, because they, they don't know, they have they this cool thing, but they don't know what, it, what they what have to yet. What do with it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and, uh, like when the internet was first kind of invented, they had this kind of cruel thing that they could send data between different computers, but they had, you know. Yeah, see, I don't agree with you on that though, oh, because okay. that was useful. I mean, the reason that the internet got, see, here's a, here's a thing about humans and technology and about working in the design space of this. So do you, you know, does it matter? Does it matter if you start from the technology end and just play around with what the technology can do? And then while you're playing around with it, you figure out, you know, or, or, you, or you happen upon accidentally, which happens a lot, something, in, you know, a, a real human need or desire or, or pain or that this technology addresses. Like, do you go at it from that end or do you go at it from the end of, uh, you know, uh, we really need to, you know, we really need a way to do this and let's figure out if, if we can invent a technology to do it. And so which way do you go about it? And does it, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it doesn't matter. But I guess if you're from the point of view of, of um, you know, hey, let's just play around with the technology until we find something good to do with it. You know, if you're coming from that point of view, do you have to take it as far as you, as these people at South might take? Let me let me describe to you some of the things I saw that make me like. Well, let's let's back my, up first why? because we need to explain the Internet of Things and yeah, what it well, is and what it's not. I'll tell. I I can can I give you an example because I think that's the best way to explain it. Sure. And give, I'll give an example, give and an then example. you can give me the definition that matches the example. How's okay. That? All right, so I was going around to the booths and in the South Korea section, which is, by the way, the country that had the most Internet of Things things. Okay. I came upon a an, a little interesting looking pot with a lid. I mean, it was about, um, <laughs> you're already laughing. I haven't said anything. The thing was about maybe six inches tall. Okay. And maybe like four inches in diameter, and it and and it was just like a, this interesting little pot, and it had a lid, and you know it wasn't like big enough for flowers, and it didn't look like a teapot. It's, yeah, okay, it's a pot. <laughs> pottery made yes, out of pottery. I understand it's a pot. Okay, so here's how you use this thing. This thing is connected to Wi-Fi, hence the Internet of Things. And when you lift up the lid, you would then talk into the lid. And then you would put the lid back down. And then there'd be another pot across the table where if you lifted that up, you would now hear what you had recorded. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I, you're right. So it's, so it's like, it's like the old version of <laughs> um, the metal cans with the string. <laughs> I don't know. Except There's with so pots. The, so the, so this. It's like you put this... a thought into it. It's very kind of, it's very kind of uh, uh, artistic. Honestly, you put a thought into a jar yes. and then when you open the jar, the thought escapes. Yes. Yes. And you can, mm. and, and. You know, as, the, as this very nice woman explained to me, you know, you can send a message then to someone else in, in your office or wherever, and they Question. would have a thought on their desk. And how, you would, how do you know that there's a message? You know, I don't think you knew. I you, think just, you just have to just like randomly open <laughs> you have the to pot keep at different lifting times. Lifting the lid to see if there's a message for you. I did not see any indicators, you know, any lights or any mm. noises. Now, just, the other the other thing that you could do was along with listening to your message, you could, and I wasn't sure how you did this, but you could also, when you sent your message, you could you could send it with like different water sounds so that people <laughs> could take the lid off and then they could, <laughs> they could pour the, they could move the pot, like pour it, like they were dumping something out of it and there would be like a sound like water coming out, although there's no water coming out. Um, okay, so, now listen, these people worked a long time on this and they came all the way to Austin, Texas from South Korea to showcase this, whatever you call it, talking pot pottery. Um, so that was one. And then okay. I went- Well, okay. so let's, I, I don't think ahead. for our listeners, that yeah. illuminates what the Internet of Things is at you all. You don't? I don't oh. think a talking pot is a good example <laughs> of, okay. So the Internet of Things is dubbed the Internet of Things. It's not really a thing that exists. It's more of a collection of technology and the intersection between the miniaturization and low-poweredness of certain chips and wireless and Internet capabilities with um, all kinds of devices that traditionally do not have that kind of capability. And like pottery pots. Yes, including pots. Um, and by connect, connecting um, these these devices and having them talk to each other, you can get functionality and uh, new interactions and new features and more efficiency than you would with just a normal product that was unable to communicate because communication is very powerful. So here is the here's the, the this is I'll give you the classic example, um, which is which is. What was so a lot of companies have done a lot of it, you know, um, over the last three years, there's been a lot of keynotes, uh, especially in like every single tech keynote that was coming out Apple, Google, Intel. They always, you know, Internet of Things, and they have like a five minute thing where they laid out like their vision. And this is always what the vision is. So, um, you know, you wake, you wake up in the morning, you, you, you have, uh, you know, you have solar panels on your house, right? And when you have a smart meter that is that that is a little Internet of Things that can talk to the utility company, and it gets real-time prices from the utility company. Okay, so you're you know you're you're washing you put you put your clothes in the washing machine, right? And then when the price of electricity goes down, it yells at your washing machine or you know sends a little message. Oh hey electricity cheap right now and then your clothes start to wash and it's cheaper because 
you're you know you're doing it when the when the electricity is is at is is low right thereby using less peak electricity and saving the world and you saving on money on your energy or here's another perfect example um you uh you ha you fill your crock pot up with delicious food right and it's all ready to go but um uh, let's not make it a crock pot let's make it uh let's let's maybe make uh, like some rice right you want to make rice but you don't know when you come home from work so you get a, a rice maker that can connect to the internet or any kind of toaster that can connect to the internet and as you're driving home you press the button on your phone and it starts your rice maker so that when you get home your food is nice and ready for you when you're there when um, you uh when you open the rice maker does it have a recorded message? Does, does it have a <laughs> <laughs> or or you have you have a smart refrigerator yeah, that no that has a that has a that that has a bunch of sensors in it, um, and you can program each sensor to do different things. So for example, there's a milk spot right, and there's a little uh, there's a little uh, uh, pressure sensor where the milk is, and it'll you know because of the different weight of the gallons, it'll monitor how much milk is left, and when you're running low on milk. It will send a reminder to you that automatically goes to your grocery list that you have on your phone uh, to remember to buy milk, right? So you got all these devices um, that we're not talking to each other that when, when you can add low power, high efficiency internet connectivity and various other communications, they can all talk to each other and you can get increased form and functionality. So that is the whole idea of the internet of things. Um, and you know, there's that there's a very functional part of it, but of course, there's also uh, it's just a new tech. It's a new bunch of you can do a bunch of stuff with it. You know, um, there's nothing to say, for example, that your scissors couldn't be connected to the internet uh, or a pot uh, or basically anything. Um, do you want, want me to tell you another one I saw? Yes, yeah, give me another one. Okay, you take a piece of paper. And uh -huh. you put the piece of paper on a uh, wooden, um, just a piece of wood. It's li li like a cutting board. Uh huh. And you write on the paper. Yes. And as you write on the paper, the sound of your writing is amplified through a speaker. So you can hear. So if I draw a line, it's like, really loud so i can hear myself drawing mm. <laughs> like right this is like <laughs> the pot that records there were many of these devices so what's your what's your point here what's the why why are you talking about <laughs> about pots that that talk to you well because i think that as we design this stuff, all the new stuff, any new stuff, um, I think we need to really think about our you know, design process and, and why are we doing it and how far do we go with an idea. So if you have an idea about new technology, like what should you do with that idea? Like should you take it through to prototype and go to South by and show it? Um, or should you like just keep a list going 
of possible <laughs> things, but then only take to prototype phase the things that uh, people need and want and and will be will enhance the life of the human. So let me let me give you some thoughts about this. So yeah. right now we're you know in the last couple of years, last ten years maybe, we've really gotten into this crazy startup atmosphere that's going on. Um, so if any of you watch Silicon Valley, boom, that's a great example. Um, but, but but you know in the last couple of years, right? You make an app and the app did like really stupid things. Um, and again, uh, there's the, the classic example is, you know, so in, in the show Silicon Valley, um, this is not a spoiler, do not worry, there's a, a, there's a person in there who makes an, an app called Bro. And literally all it does is you can connect with other people and it only, the only thing you can send is just the word Bro. That's all you can do. You can't send any, any other form of communication except for Bro. Right? So on its face, right, it's, it's very stupid. But of course, you know, it takes off. Um, so, the, you know, the, but everyone's trying to develop the next hot application, the next hot um, start, uh, you know, startup or, uh, or software. So what's happening recently, and I've seen this uh, for a while now, is if you go to the kind of consumer electronics show, right, CES, or some of the, um, the new things that are kind of hot right now, is now that we have the ability, um, chips have gotten smaller, and we can kind of do this Internet of thing, Things thing, um, you know, hardware is back in. You All of a sudden, for the first time, because for a while, you know, you could make all this cool stuff with software that's never been done. And now you're starting to be able to make really cool things with hardware that's never been done. Um, uh, do, because of the miniaturization of everything. So on my desk here, I have... Um, and the Odroid C2. It's a tiny little computer. I'm making my own Linux server. Um, anyone can feel free to email me and talk to me about that. Uh, that's a totally separate project. But the point is, is that it's the size of a credit card, and it's an entire computer. Graphics card, processor, internet. It's got an HDMI port. Like it, it's a, it's a very full computer and pretty and about as strong as, um, you know, a, a, your standard desktop that you bought in like 2003. So. It, it you know it runs everything just fine um, and and the point is it's the size of a credit card so you can be putting really crazy functionality into all sorts of physical products so so the next hot thing now that people are trying to do they're trying to do the same thing they're doing with apps right everyone's trying to get the next hot startup app and now that's spilling over into the physical world this is my this is my grand uh, point and that you're gonna be seeing all kinds of quirky, crazy products as everyone tries to be the next big thing, but the next big thing in the physical world, which is very interesting um, because in a, in a world in which everyone thinks we're, everything's digitizing, um, we're, we're now coming through the other end of the tunnel, where before we were trying to take physical things and put them in a virtual space, and now we're trying to take virtual things and put them in a, in a physical space. Yeah, I, actually, I, I understand what you're saying, and I, and, and I do agree with you. I think that um, you know, if anything, what the Internet of Things is probably doing for us is erasing that duality, the idea that things are physical or they are digital. Can I get your opinion on something? Yeah. So 
remember maybe five years ago all the um uh, for those we'll we'll talk about this for uh, many times but um uh susan was was very much in the uh mac camp for many years um and she has a great story about that but maybe for a different time uh and the the point is is that all the mac software five years ago and i forget the name it starts with an s um but basically what they did was all their design was trying to mimic physical objects. So like on their um, calendar app, right? It would have like fake leather. Skeuomorphism. Boom. <laughs> Skeuomorphism. Yeah, don't ask me to spell it. Uh, Skeuomorphism. <laughs> it's the idea that you make a digital uh, concept um, you use a metaphor for it that is like something in the real world and you and you try and make it realistic. It's kind so, of the opposite of what we would call flat design. Right. And so so that was a hot thing for a while. And, and then people were like, this looks stupid. And they switched um, to a flat design, which is what you see now. And there's, you know, right, you look at a modern calendar app and there's no, you know, it doesn't look like a piece of paper. It looks like an application. What is your opinion? Did you were you a fan of skeuomorphism when it came out? You know, I, I get I, I get this question. I got this question years ago when it first came out, and I get it now again. Um, you know, skeuomorphism and flat design are kind of two different ends of a continuum, and uh, we this pendulum kind of goes back and forth uh, throughout the decades and. I will admit that uh, I've been around throughout those decades, <laughs> and so I've been on that swinging pendulum um, and seen it go back and forth. I I believe, based on what we know about vision and the brain and so on, that there's a happy medium in between. So uh, you can use a metaphor, and you can use that conceptually, and you can use it visually um, a little bit, to help uh, um, bridge that uh, gap between digital and physical in a way that's that's very helpful to the person using it. So I'll give you an example. You know, we in flat design, you know, it's flat. There's we tend to do away not only with that it looks like paper or it looks like a spiral notebook or it looks like leather, um, but we do away with 3D and 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 edges and um, bevels and, and all of that. So for instance, a button doesn't necessarily look like a button that would be pressed on the screen. It just is a, a blue rectangle. Uh, maybe not even with a border and certainly with no shadowing, right? That would be flat. Mm -hmm. But we know that when we add a few of these details like shadowing, like beveling, so that it looks slightly raised, we know that from the brain's perspective, because remember, you know, our brains have developed um, through evolution over the last, I don't know, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, it, our brains don't change as fast as digital products change. And so our brains uh, and our, and our, what, how our brain interprets what the eye is seeing 
um, makes it, it's helpful when we see those bevels and the shadowings. It makes us want to push it. You know, our brains say, oh, that is something that you can push um, because of that beveling and shadowing. So I think I'll, I think going all the way over to the flat design end um, sometimes makes it hard for us to get the cues uh, that are, are inherent in, in what we're looking at. Um, and, and yet, if we go too far over onto the skeuomorphism, then we just get things that look silly <laughs> in a digital space or actually, you know, look distracting or we don't, you know, and if it's poorly done, we don't even understand, you know, we can't even understand what we're looking at. So that's kind of my, you know, mm. my take on, okay. um, on that. Well, I bring it up um, because, you know, when, when, you're, when you're talking about designing digital products, right, yeah. you're, the, for the, the impetus from the design really comes, because again, we talk a lot, um, especially with the brain, uh, you know, about mental models and mental maps. And so when you're, you know, using a product online, right, the brain, especially if it's never used this, this thing, um, has to draw from what it knows and what it has an experience with, right? So that's why, uh, uh, you know, when you're, when you're designing a button originally um, online, it had to look like a button. So people knew that you could push it. Now these days, of course, right, we see that it's a different color and, you know, we've had enough experience where the flat design, you know, people know what's a button, what's yeah. not. Um, but originally, when they came out with buttons, if you just saw a box, um, you know, you might not know to push it. So, so, so from design, there's been this whole kind of movement um, to at least the the starting point was from a physical space. So now we're talking about turning digital things into a, a physical space, right? And we're coming from the digital to the physical. Uh, so, do you think you'll have what basically is like an uh, or like, like if you had like um, matter and antimatter, it'd be like uh, skeuomorphism and anti-skeuomorphism, <laughs> where, <laughs> right? So, so you're trying to design, um, pick any kind of online, so it's an application that like only happens online or an interaction that only, uh, that, that our brains would only be used to online. Um. I, well, I'm not sure. What do you mean? Like, uh, you know, sending a Twitter message? Sure. Okay. That's a perfect example. All right. So, so when we send a Twitter message. Or a tweet. A tweet. Yes. You're, you're so much more, you're so much cooler than I am. I know. You're I going to all these conferences. Yeah. Uh, would you, South by? <laughs> okay. Skeuomorphism. Um, yeah. Tweets. Well, I don't know about the skeuomorphism, but. Certainly the, uh, okay, anyways, so so uh, the, our mental model to send a tweet, right, is you go to Twitter and, you know, you sign in, you type it, you type the, the thing and, and you hit, you know, you hit send. Yeah. So let's say you're tweeting from a pot, <laughs> right? And <laughs> yeah, there's the, the, what happens is, is there's no screen. You yeah. just talk into the pot, you have, you set it up, yeah. you talk into the pot and it turns yeah. your text into a tweet and sends it out. To another pot. No, 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 no. <laughs> to your Twitter account. Oh, I thought this was that South Korean. Well, I'm start. I'm starting there as a good example, I, right? I got you. Yes. Um, yes. What about? Would that be from a d design perspective? It feels like that would be too much of a jump for our brains to comprehend, right? There's no 
input about what we type. There's no screen that shows here's what we typed and then the enter button to to, to, to send it, right? Instead, you're, right, you're talking to it and then you put the lid on the pot and that's the send button. And it feels like, right, that's a very physical um, thing we're doing. That's a, that's a, that's a physical uh, thing that's, get, that's going to transcend into a digital space. And so I'm, I'm wondering if from a design perspective, when you're designing things that are part of the Internet of Things, what you actually need is you need an anti-skeuomorphism where you need to replicate the digital space in your physical object so that people know what they're doing when they're using it, when they're using this physical object in a digital way. Okay, maybe, maybe, but I have a totally alternate way to go about this. Okay. That I want you to think about. Like you'd have to put like a screen on the pot that would just show you no. the Twitter thing. Or, no, no okay. because, so here's the interesting thing. You know, we, if we think about the, the digital world as a thing, as a, as a non-human, technical thing okay mm -hmm. then then we think about having to interact with it you know with keyboards and screens and a mouse and clicking and pushing a button yes and we will we will be talking a lot about the future of digital interaction because for the last in for the basically the entire history of computers sans maybe punch cards after that Right, you look at a screen and you use a keyboard a screen, and mouse. Screen, use a keyboard, you use a mouse. And now maybe a touch screen on some stuff, but really yes. only to press a button that the mouse would. Right, press. but here's here's what I want to I want to talk about a really different way to think about it because if you don't think about, and I and I think this is where we're headed. Okay. Okay. If you don't think about the technology as a thing, an inanimate thing then if you think if technology is a person and not a thing if it's a if it's a, a sentient being instead of a piece of equipment then how would you interact with it because we we have we know how to interact with people and we don't interact with people by pushing on their face or, or hooking them up to a keyboard, right? Or swiping them. You know, we we interact with I mean, well, people. Slapping them. What do we do? We talk to them. Right, right. And we might we might gesture if we don't know the language to you know to communicate. So I so think their facial cues. Facial cues. So I think as we I think a whole nother way that this might turn out, and I think this is the way we're going, is like, um, we just you know, we just say screw it, and we're just we're just going to jump to the next level of interaction we, for both right. computers. We, all and of these things, they 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 are mediated through a you know essentially what we would think of as a sociable robot. Mm. I mean, you've got the what's it called, Amazon Echo. Right, exactly. You know, you've got uh, Siri, you've got Cortana. Uh, for, for those who don't know, um, you may have seen a couple commercials that run recently. Um, I believe it's called the Echo, and Alexa, I believe, is is the is the, the name of the name of it, and and it's essentially the same as Google Now or Siri, um, but it's it's different because it's a speaker that sits in your room, so you just you just yell, and it hears you, and then tells you things, or can search queries, or um, order it, 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 you can hook it up to stuff so you can 
be so like, hey, Alexi, going, order me a pizza, and it will right, order you Instead of pizza. going and typing on the screen to the piece of technology, which is the computer, mm -hmm. which then goes and does things, you are talking to uh, uh, this being, which is not human, but it, you know, it's still, uh, it's, you have a conversation. And so I think if we're talking about, you know, the future of the Internet of Things, I think it, we may actually, you know, we're in this weird in-between place where we're trying to figure out how to communicate with inanimate objects that are the, connected to the Internet and can do things. But I think we may eventually end up on the other side of that where... Um, you know, we, we are, uh, th there are intermediary beings that handle the, the interactions with the things and the, you know, digital to physical and, and actually, um, you know, we can, we're interacting with these as, as people, we're having conversations. Now that won't be true of everything. I mean, I think we're still going to go and pick up a pad of paper and if that pad of paper is somehow hooked up to something, you know, then something might happen. But, but I, I think that, that, you know, this, this awkwardness, right, of communicating with physical things um, digitally <laughs> might eventually go away because we'll, mm. we'll have an intermediary, which will be the, the technology uh, being well, we're, we're gonna do a whole episode or a couple episodes on uh, d deep learning and the future of yelling, you know, uh, yelling at your computer and having it do things for you in a very natural, human like way, and how that changes everything. Uh, and and uh, you know, that's obviously a very fascinating subject that's right on the, the, the crossroads of a lot of stuff we talk about. Um, so but so, so maybe these pot people have it all right. <laughs> So why do the pod people have it all right? So because I didn't feel like they had it all right. Picture this universe, okay? Yeah. You have in your kitchen, right, yeah. a series of pots. Yeah. And they're little clay jars, little earthenware jars, with lids. Okay. Yeah. And inside those lids are actually things that you use in the kitchen. Okay. Like and each pot tea. is is hooked up to a different social media source so let's say you're cooking um some really really nice chicken parmesan you're making a chicken parm sandwich okay it's delicious and you want to brag about it to all your friends like you normally would okay if you want to snapchat it you just pick up the lid of the snapchat pot it's got a camera on the inside and you just kind of hover it around and you're like oh my god doesn't this look delicious right and you can actually like look at the pot and talk to it and like show the food and then you just put the lid back and it automatically updates your snap story or if you want to take a twitter message you just lift the twitter pot and you'd be like oh my god this chicken parm is so good hashtag amazing and then you put the lid on the twitter pot and it sends it all away and it would be a really fast fun interactive way to to share your food experiences but without going through your phone and it completely uh, hands-on and non-digital way. 
I'm thinking. You're, this is very interesting. Maybe I'm... these pot. Maybe we need to call these pot people right now and get on the <laughs> ground floor of this. Okay. So now we're abandoning the business we have, and we're gonna do the snap. This was fun, pots. the team W, but it's over. <laughs> we're all in I on don't pots. Know. You know, I'm thinking. I'm gonna have to think about that this. That sounds really cool. I would act. That would be like fun. I would. I would use that. That would. That would be like a a cool thing to have. And they're also pots that can just hold things. Well, I do want to say that that you know it is true, even with the 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 pottery thing that I saw at South by. I can't say South by. Every time I say it, I want to say South by Southwest. By the way, but so you're saying you're <clears> not actually that. Cool. I'm not as cool as you think. Mm, okay. But makes me feel better. I I mean, one thing I do want to point out is that what you described with the pots in the kitchen and the, sending the Snapchat of the chicken parmesan sandwich is that it, it is social. And, and I do want to mention social drives everything. So, you know, the, the, the new technology, whatever it is, if it enhances our talking and communicating with other people about the minutia of our lives, that will be, you know, that's what drives technology and what what really becomes popular i mean you know facebook because it's communication you know twitter you know when that first came out you know if you'd said oh it's going to be really popular you can only use 140 characters and you can't send any pictures i mean this was, was true when it first came out you know and you would have said what why would anyone want to do that but it's communication we yeah. we are driven as humans to communicate with each other so yeah, yeah. I mean, it might. I, I, I don't know which way it's going to go. I don't know if it's going to go that way, or I don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, Lexi, uh, post a picture or whatever. Well, I was making up my own. Oh, okay. I was having. I was going to create my new one. Oh, my, okay. I was going to call it Lexi. Uh, you know, take a picture of this and and you know send this picture out on my. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You know whether it'll be just a voice command and something, some be, quote being that's hovering in my house, will uh, you know take the picture for me, or whether it'll be all these things. Well, I think that's the question we've come down to. Let me let me talk a little bit more um, about the Internet of Things because I, I the, all the examples we've we've given have just basically just been smart devices. Devices that are normally just normal and then you add a thing to it to communicate to a specific kind of outside digital server. There's another very important aspect of the Internet of Things, and that is that the things don't talk to you and they don't talk to your friends, but the devices talk to each other. So yeah. um, uh, again, in the, in, the, in the simplest of stories, uh, you, let, let's say, uh, you um what's what's the best what's the best way to do this so for example when i'm trying to think of a really great example when you uh when <laughs> it, it's hard it's really hard uh uh so it would be like when you press down on the toaster, no, that doesn't that doesn't work. Um, when you when you get home, I finally got it. Okay. When you get home, and you lock your door. Okay. 
Yeah. You have a smart lock. Okay. That lock knows that you are now home. Yeah. And it automatically, it doesn't talk to you. It doesn't talk to your friends. Right. But it, it turns talks, on it your alarm or something. No, no, no. Yeah. It turns the heat on. Yeah. To okay. match your desired preference for the okay. temperature. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So this is a part of a much more connected so, and interconnected so how, world. When, I apologize we, for the long pause. But there, no, you know. that's not, when we talk about the Internet of Things, how much of it ha do you think has to do with things talking to each other? And how much of it has to do with you um, know, humans interacting with things that... I think it's I think it's 50-50 because, okay. um, I mean, it's such an amorphous term. It really just means smart things that talk to everything. Um, the, the, problem, the problem with devices talking to each other, and a number of companies have been trying to fix this. I know every single major player in this space has all come out with their own proprietary formats, right? Because, you know, how is your... Like, how's your washing machine going to talk to your toaster, right? Like, that's not, you have to have, like, co very common open source, probably open source protocols. And so every player, like, Apple has their own, like, home with sync or whatever it is. Um, AT&T tried to do this with, like, smart houses and security. Uh, Google came out with a platform. There's, I'm proud, I think there's an open source uh, kind of independent platform. Like, everyone's trying to, I think Intel has one. Everyone's trying to be, like, you know, the... Uh, the go-to software intermediary so all these things can talk to each other. The problem is is that you really need a vision and I was having trouble even coming up with a simple vision which is you know you lock your door and then your heat comes on um, but but you know you need to have a full vision that's that makes your entire house like a smart house um, and obviously you know when you look at sci-fi movies in the future this is exactly what happens right uh, you get out of bed and the computer starts making your eggs for you um, you know that kind of stuff. Um, so there's, it, it's really, so, so I think, I think the power in the future is really between devices talking between each other. Um, especially when we get to driverless cars, which we'll do an episode on. Uh, but you know, it's right. So you, 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 you start to, you, you tell your car to drive home and your car talks to your house. And, and so when you pull into the driveway, your house automatically unlocks because your car is in the driveway and the car is your crypto key and, and, and opens a, the door for you. And there's a cocktail waiting. And there, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So I, so I think I think in the long run, devices talking to each other is going to be the more powerful application. In the short run, what's going to what people will actually spend money on, what, what will drive people um, and what pe people can make are devices that are intermediaries between you and your friends again social um and you and uh other other thing taking you know making tasks that you'd have to do and making them go away which is really all computers have been you know that's what sells in the computer world for the last you know two decades can i can i talk to people will it get will it automate tasks for me that i don't have to you know make my life lazier so um so yeah i think i think it's a 50 50 split well, you work on the uh, Snapchat pot. Yeah. And I'll work on the uh, device that makes the cocktail and has it ready when I get home. I would like to add one more thing. All right, what? We are just at the beginning of the Internet of Things. Yeah. We are to the point where we can have, uh, like, a refrigerator. We can have a Wi-Fi chip in a refrigerator that can communicate. Now the refrigerator is connected via power, and there's a you know Bluetooth tried to try to do this, but it didn't really work. 
The point is, is that communicating over, you know, have, setting up a wireless connection takes power. So like these pots we were talking about, yeah. probably right now, they can't just be a pot that you can walk around. They have to be plugged in yeah. somehow. Um, so, but the interesting thing is, is in a couple years, uh, wireless adapter chips will be so low power that they'll be able to, that they won't need to be plugged in. You'll, um, especially for things that don't need to communicate very much, obviously like a Snapchat would need to be plugged in or it would have to have huge advances in battery technology. But something, for example, like a refrigerator um, that's just sending out, you know, once every four hours is just sending out like a little ping giving its current status. Yeah. Um, or, you know, I guess the refrigerator is plugged in. But something that only has to like once a day, just like, doot, just like send out one little thing. Um, they'll be able, there were, They'll have chips that are so low power, you'll be able to put a battery in, and the battery will last for years. So, you know that once and once we're at that state of the Internet of Things, where you're no longer constrained by an electrical outlet, an electrical plug, I think that's when things take off. Because right now, no one likes to have cords. No one likes to, you know, you're constrained to the thing on the counter that is taking up a, a shelf, a cord shelf. Um, you know, uh, sorry, a, a, a socket. What what if, are we going to get to the point though where electricity does not require either batteries or plugins like there's electricity through the you know air like there is Wi-Fi? Um, potentially, but especially for low power applications. Um, but you know you could make you can make a really small battery. I think yeah. I think that makes a lot more sense and that's a lot more reliable than doing uh, wireless uh, electricity charging. Uh, again, we uh, we do have wireless charging, and uh, for those of you who don't know how it works. You have um, two. Uh, you have a magnet that uh, that that kind of changes uh, that rotates the magnetic field in sync with the other side, and that's how you move energy. But they have to be very close to each other. You know, yeah. um, it has to be stationary. It has to be very close, and you get a lot of you get you get a lot of loss. There's a number of percent of loss, so it's not very efficient. So if you're trying to think about saving electricity, it's not the best way to go. There are also potential. I don't know how safe it is to have your whole house radiating with magnetic fields yeah. that Bat that charge right. all your devices. Bat batteries are better. Yeah, ba for at least the short term. Um, now there are there there are a number of other interesting ideas. Uh, for example, making uh, your light bulb uh, be uh, your connectivity router. So y instead of having to communicate with the wireless router in your house. You actually use your light bulb, and the light bulb LEDs can flicker so fast you can't even tell. And the flickering is the ones and zeros, so it's so you can send out signals through your light bulb. And so various smart devices, as long as it could get light from the light bulb, would be able to work. Um, but then they couldn't work in the dark. Correct. So so the, this is you know so we're just we're just on the beginning of, you know because the, the the goal really right is picking up a rock and the rock being up, you know, it just looks like a rock, but you has all this connectivity, right? And you can throw it and you can kick it and you can put it in water and you can, you know, take it outside and inside in the dark and wherever. And it just works. Um, we're still, the internet of things, because it's a physical thing is still quite constrained by power consumption and by connectivity. So things are just getting started. Wow, I, and I thought I was just going to complain about a pot that you did and tucked into it, and now you have talked me into the fact that we should have a pot that you lift the lid and I do know. things with. It's, it's just not a 
ceramic pot on my desk. It's the pot I'm cooking. The with. pot of the future. Um, so, uh, do you have any have any more thoughts? I I'm my, no, my head is my <laughs> mind is blown with this. So, I'm, okay. that, I'm done. All right. Well, we'll we'll wrap things up here. Um, I think this was a good inaugural podcast. Uh, in again, in the future, we got a number of great uh, topics coming up. Um, we'll probably do uh, uh, a, uh, a whole thing on creativity. Um, we're, we're probably going to cycle between interesting new tech things and also um, just cool brain science parts. So, right, the science of creativity um, or the, the you know, uh, various, various aspects of design or how your brain interprets things. So um, we'll probably oscillate between, uh, you know, more technical uh, brain stuff and also kind of fun futuristic topics. Um, I'd just like to add quickly uh, that, again, um, you, you should go to theteamw.com. Uh, we have all kinds of uh, courses that you can take. Uh, you can also um, like us on all kinds of social, all your social media platforms, basically Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter. Um, and uh, we also have a newsletter that you can sign up for. Hopefully, this podcast will be on iTunes or uh, on any of your, uh, any potential um, podcast application that you have. And so you'll be able to uh, subscribe. Um, you should. Uh, you can also go to humantech.theteamw.com um, for any kind of all kinds of information on our podcasts. Maybe I'll put up a repository where you can um, just listen to all of our uh, previous ones if uh, if if you don't um, have a subscription. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at info@theteamw.com. And I think with that, I'm going to say goodbye again. Uh, I'm Guthrie Weinshank, and uh, I, I was joined by uh, Dr. Susan Weinshank. And uh, I will sign off, and hopefully uh, I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. <laughs>